a podcast by Warhorse Partners, supporting the move forward in investment management. I'm Piers Curry of Warhorse Partners in London. We continue in this second podcast my interview with Martin Gilbert, former chairman of Aberdeen Standard Investments, who has spent a 40-year career in investment management. In our last podcast, Martin gave his take on the current crisis, what's different and how to face the current challenges from investing to business, and his optimism about working from home taking root in everyday life. In this second podcast, Martin talks about the origins of the business he founded. He reflects on company culture, the value of experience, making a difference, as well as offering me a few tips to close. Thank you for joining me, Martin. Back in the early days, Martin, when when you were starting, was it was it difficult to attract clients to Aberdeen from the sort of bigger financial centres? I, I wondered if if that was a tough gig. You probably had to fly a lot. I just wonder who helped and how did you manage to get over that early stages? It's it's a it's a really good question. I, I don't think we ever really succeeded in in getting people clients to come to Aberdeen in the early days, in the early 80s. But we had an office in London from 1988, and there is no question that that, uh, that helped us grow the business, uh, business markedly. When we got bigger, of course, people were quite happy to. Clients liked coming to, uh, to Aberdeen. But in the early days when Scotland was a real financial powerhouse, the companies we invest in, the companies that wanted us to invest in them, used to come to Edinburgh regularly. Uh, and some would come then on to Dundee, which was again an investment center in those, in, in those days. And, and it was until very recently, and then up to Aberdeen. So, so companies were, were, were more, were, were happier to come to Aberdeen than probably clients were. But, but by then we bought, as I say, we bought an operation in London. So we're, we're really, almost bypassed Edinburgh in, in those days in the 80s and went directly to London. As the firm grew, I mean, your one amazing story, though, is, is that the acquisition of companies, and I think culturally that must be really hard in a people business, but you did so many, and so many people became firm loyalists and fans. And I wondered, how do you think you did that so well when others tripped up? Yeah, I, I, I don't... <laughs> Do you know what? I've, I've never really analysed that question, and uh, I find I've, I find it difficult to answer questions about my about myself uh, like that. So um, I think we were just lucky. We we always when when we were lucky enough to good get good people, we did everything we could to retain them, and and we we certainly came by some really good people in the various deals we did, the Hugh Youngs of this world, Ann Richards, just to name two that have gone on to greater sort of, uh, to go on to great things in the case of Ann. Um, so I suppose we were meritocratic rather than being too too dogmatic. And, and we loved recruiting good people. And, and to a certain extent, a lot of our time was spent identifying our weaknesses and trying to cover our weaknesses by filling gaps in that area. So that worked really, really well. And, and we were fortunate that lots of people worked for us for a very long time. I mean, some of my colleagues, the Andrew Lanes, the Hugh Littles, Bill Raptries, have spent their entire working career at, uh, at Aberdeen. So it's been, uh, it's, it's been interesting. The, 
the loyalty we managed to engender in people during that sort of 35 to 40 year period. Quite a flat structure, actually, I think is a bit you could look at. You never were difficult to reach. Yeah, I think flat structures really help. I think lack of bureaucracy, no one really having their own office, everyone having to sit in open plan definitely helps. Uh, because if people can see you sitting out in the open plan and they can come up and speak to you or whatever, it, it definitely uh, it definitely helps. Um, it 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 definitely helps morale and uh, and and short lines of communication. Of course, in the U.S., apart from Bloomberg's office, it's considered rather communist to have open plan. <laughs> yeah, you've got to have the corner office in uh, in America. So, yeah, I think it's uh, look. I think more and more people are, are are working to that, especially in fund management, probably. I mean, obviously, investment banking already has it, unless you're, unless you're in senior management who then have a floor <laughs> of their own. So, uh, uh, so yeah, I think I think I think these short lines of communication definitely help uh, a business. I think you quite like being close to the shop floor. Actually, it gave you information. It told you what people were feeling. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can you can sense the mood, and and I think it's important that you walk through the um, the office to get to your desk. These small things um, really, really help morale in an organization, in my opinion. Martin, with, with so much experience, and it may sound an odd question, but do problems in business now look like patterns to you? Do you see very familiar shapes? And if you do, is that useful? But I imagine it must, of course it must be, but are there still things that worry you? Yeah, I mean, I'm all. Yeah, you you always worry about things like your your good people leaving. I mean, that's always the nightmare scenario. Uh, but yeah, you 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 do recognize patterns in this sort of downturn. You recognize markets overreact and underreact and uh, overreact both ways. So so you do. Yeah, you you definitely recognize patterns and. And and you learn not to panic. I, I remember during '87 uh, when Wall Street went down 30 percent. I was absolutely panic stricken, and I thought, my God, the world is going to end. I mean, a market falling 30 percent in one session it hasn't been repeated since, by the way. But you uh, you you definitely learn from experience, and that's why I think fund managers do age well. They can bank on long years of experience uh, in difficult markets and and don't panic. I was just actually thinking, it's odd how the veterans tend to launch off on their own, uh, Mobius and Bolton and uh, others, and then they have a spectacular sort of six months and things then get a little bit difficult. Do you think there's a maturity point when setting up something new, despite being seasoned, can be working against interest. Yeah, it's a good question, Piers. I mean, you could you could point to examples on the other front. A good example would be Terry Smith starting up and being incredibly uh, successful and sustaining that success. I mean, I think I think Anthony Bolton is a terrific fund manager, but I think he went into China probably. And he might admit he was probably slightly, uh, slightly naive. Mobius is still a great fund manager as well. But all fund managers go through difficult patches. They're just good more years than they're uh, bad. And they're good 
more years than uh, than average or uh, or less good fund managers. And without exception, most of them are really decent guys as well, really nice guys. And because they know how easy it is to underperform, they tend to be humble, uh, humble and uh, and don't sort of brag about their uh, their performance. So they're 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 an interesting bunch. They're, they're really good fund managers. Martin, you've got new ventures, and um, I've heard about them on various podcasts. And I was just a query that they seem to appeal in different ways, like a portfolio. I'm just wondering what your thinking process is around next steps and how you want to spend the next decade. Yeah, it's a really another good question because. I don't really think strategically. I'm more of a reactor than a strategic thinker. So I, I try and do things that are going to interest me. So Revolut fascinated me just because of this. I thought it was time that I tried to learn about fintech, about these sort of companies that are, um, that are doing really well in that space. Glencore is fascinating. I enjoy the challenges of boards, of these type of boards. I I love being on the Sky Board. That was fabulous. I, I love being chairman of First Group, which we built from a small company in Aberdeen with 200 buses to one of the biggest surface transport companies in the world. So so I do enjoy, uh, I, I enjoy uh, being on boards, uh, but, but only where you can make a difference. If you don't think you can make a difference, uh, I'm not convinced it's uh, it's a good idea to go on boards or, or that particular board. So choose something that's interesting, some somewhere where you can make a difference, and and it's a uh, reasonable fun. So uh, that's going to be my strategy. When things get big and bulky, is it quite hard to add value in a large entity? Or did you think? Smaller is easier. Yeah, definitely. Uh, small is small is easier. There is no question. You can make a bigger difference uh, difference there, and especially young companies, and and try and make sure they don't make the same mistakes that uh, that that you've made. And uh, and I've certainly made. Ma- I mean, my career, I've made many many mistakes. So all I try and do with uh, with Nikolai is just say, look maybe think about it this way or whatever. But I also am a great believer in the dividing line between the CEO and the, the chairman or the board. And uh, CEOs run the business. Um, and your job is really just to guide them and try and make sure they don't make the same mistakes. That's good. And Martin, now I've got you on the line. What, what tips would you have given peers uh, that you think I should watch out for or should have done uh, that you didn't tell me strongly enough when I worked for you. Yeah, I think you've done the right things. I mean, I think uh, my overriding uh, motto or my overriding advice I give people is it's better to try and fail than never to have tried at all. And uh, it's a lot more fun in a small business that you run, that you own or whatever. It's uh, it's great, great fun. So I think you've I think you're doing the right thing. You've always been very creative and uh, and got a great mind when it comes to strategy and marketing. Uh, All of these things, I think you're doing the right thing. Oh, thank you, Martin. And thank you for sharing the time with us today. Um, Bless you after a busy day of board meetings and things to give us a bit of time 
Uh, we appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to speak to you, Piers. This and the first episode of this podcast with Martin Gilbert are available in the blog section of www.warhorsepartners.com. This is a podcast from warhorsepartners.com, supporting the move forward in investment management. Keep galloping on until the next time.